All right. Hello, you amazing people, and welcome to the Amazing Action Comics Podcast. I'm your host, Angel Santiago, and we're all about independent comics and creators. Today's creator spotlight, our guest is Besserat Dabibi of Etan Comics. Hey, Yo! Hey, hey. What's up, what's up, what's up? <laughs> How are you, my brother? Hey, thanks for having me, man. I'm good. I'm good as can be in COVID time. Dude, when we started this, I was like, the first person I really got to have on is is Basarat because we had such a great conversation. And this is what, we're going on two years ago? Uh, wow, it's crazy. Like, time flies, especially like now, you can't even, you don't even, you can't even realize what month we on. Oh. Baltimore Con next month. Yeah. We'll be yeah. celebrating the anniversary next month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it was Baltimore Comic Con last year. Yeah. Um, and it, it was cool because it was it was you sitting to my right, yeah. um, and there was traffic, so much traffic, and it was such I a know. great time. And I they put know. us in the back corner. Yeah, I know. That's so crazy. <laughs> like that was my first. I think it was my first time in Baltimore Con, and I couldn't have had better people around me for real, especially you, because I remember just the like i couldn't understand the wave of how traffic flowed and you've already done that mm-hmm. you're like schooling me i'm like yes right. no but I you know what though <laughs> on the flip side i was sitting there and listening to like half of your your pitches and i was like holy crap uh. like <laughs> it was polished and like the yeah. thing about you is that you know your material inside and out yeah and I, that's what I knew. Like I knew at least going in, because that was my first time at Baltimore Con. I wanted to at least have some crisp pitch, because you only get like what, like thirty seconds with yeah. any, right? And if you don't tell them something that's interesting, they're not gonna, they're not gonna be there. You remember right. when they're like keeping each other accountable on pictures, like pictures, <laughs> Yeah, just to promote. All right, so listen, yeah. because most people have no idea what we're talking about. So we're going to step back just a wee bit. Yeah. And then let's, let's take a minute. Just introduce yourself, introduce okay. what it is that you do, um, and then we'll go from there. All right, sounds good, sounds good. So, again, like you said, my name is Besarat Debebe. Uh, so I'm a, I found this publishing company called Adan Comics um, in 2017. And what we really do is... We try to create comics and graphic novels that are inspired by African fantasy, African mythology, African superheroes and characters. Um, I grew up in Ethiopia. I came to the United States when I was like 14 and I had no idea what like comics were until I came here. Like it's not a big culture back in Ethiopia. We watch the movies, we love the stories and all that stuff. But we like the connection to comics was never really clear for us and then when I came here though I saw that I loved them like I really loved comics I used like I couldn't afford them I used to go to bookstores and I mean like I I used to just like read all day online all that stuff like you know I loved it and then you know school happened college happened you know how you just kind of fail away Mm -hmm. you just watch the movies I'm too old for this now and all that and I did all of that stuff, and then uh, what is it? Two two years ago, or no, no, sorry, three years ago, I saw somebody named Brooke Tawitagabu. She created these uh, animations, like small animation clips, to teach Ethiopian girls about some kind of social issues and whatnot. And they're inspired by like these 
uh, Powerpuff version of Ethiopia Superheroes. Hmm. But this was all like educational content. Right. So when I saw it, I was like, oh my God. Like, why have we never had like Ethiopian comics, comics inspired by like our mythologies and like dope ass characters, just the same way Spider-Man, Batman, everybody's created. And I got obsessed, like obsessed with that. Like I couldn't focus, you know, I was bugging my girlfriend at the time. And it's like, I, I just started writing a story. And that's how I got to Jembet, which was our first story. Right. This guy right here. Yeah. Right? There you go. <laughs> and then, uh, so we published that in like 2018, the first issue. And I didn't know how people would respond to it, but people responded phenomenally. Like they loved it. You know, they hadn't seen that kind of character and whatnot. And I thought it was more like fulfilling me, you know, just I wanted to see this character come alive from my own. Um, and that it went really well. So I was like, okay, now I'm doubling down, right? I'm doubling down on this thing. I'm gonna like learn the craft as much as I can, create great stories. And what now, three years later, here we are. We have a second story, How We, which is the one that's currently on Kickstarter. And How We has been actually a more positive response than Jemba. It's my best seller right now. Wow. So I'm just, I'm just so grateful and I'm so happy that so many people invited us into their lives. You know, I like, it started out so like humble. So just like, oh my God, for the love of stories, right? Right. And now it became something so huge and like some, something that has community around it. Yeah. Um, so I'm, that, that's who I am then, that's why I'm here today with you. That's cool, no, no, that's great. You know, it's funny, because you said something interesting because you had an epiphany that there wasn't sort of like this representation when you saw these animations, but yeah. you didn't have that epiphany when you were reading the actual, the comics, the superheroes. And it's funny because I think as children, because I've read comics, you know, all my life, and it's funny because the very first, and I, I tell this in every single interview that I've done, yeah. every podcast, the very first comic that I bought with my own money out of my pocket, $1.95, was an independent comic. It was Todd McFarlane's Spawn. I love that. Wow. Yeah. And the lead character is black. Yeah. One of the first, like, black superhero lead characters is over 300 issues now so but it's funny because when we read like when i read batman or superman you know these mainstream stuff it we we can see ourselves in that role regardless of whatever our background is mm, mm, mm. Um, so it's it's almost like it's 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 non we don't put our race into it we we, we inject ourselves our experiences into the characters and their stories and you read the comics the same way. And it wasn't until you saw those animations where you said, you know what, we need more representation this way. And when I read Aoi, because that's the one that we traded off, yeah. you gave it to me. Dude, I, I, I was blown away. Because for me, honestly, it's, yeah, we see the color. We know that it's 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 a, it's a character that's, you know, going back to their roots. But you can relate to the situations that they're in. And when you can relate to any situation that they're in, it doesn't matter where they're from that's, that's, and that's it right that's where stories transcend right because it's all of a sudden you're sitting there empathizing right with the emotions and the, the the like background of this character because mm -hmm. you felt those similar emotions mm -hmm. right and like that's what i feel like most comics did for me as well 
And then what I learned though, what I learned is that when you actually have a character that is just like you, it takes it one level deeper, yeah. right? It just hits, like, I, I trust me, I love Batman. I love Superman growing up, right? But then when I think about like Superman in Ethiopia, like I, I, I can't seem to kind of go into that level deeper where, you know, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yes, like, I understand. And, like when I see an Ethiopian character, I'm like, oh my God, like this, this character literally thinks like me, like, right. like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like would react respond in the same way. So it takes it one level deeper for you. And that's what I realized after the creation of these books and whatnot. Like you said, when I first started out, it was like, oh man, these are dope characters. I love the story. I want to know what's next. Mm -hmm. I empathize with this line, you know, like I've, I've been beaten down. I want to get up all these emotions. Right. And then you're like, oh my goodness. There's a level deeper to this. There's a level deeper to these connections, these stories. And then people who are not like you also resonate with them. You're like, I love this. Right, right. And you know what? It's what you do there is really clever. Um, because I think you hit the nail on the head. When when you have something that, you know, someone can emotionally attach themselves to, someone that can relate to the character's experiences, you've got them in. But then when you have the same background as that character, then you have a little bit more. Mm -hmm. uh, you're, you're bought in a little bit more because there's a deeper understanding. But you did something that was even more clever. And when, when I go back and I read all the comics, I see the same kind of thing. So we say, okay, you know what? Let's, let's take Superman as, a, as an example. Um, he's a reporter. Mm -hmm. When he starts talking the jargon of a reporter, you're learning without knowing that you're learning. Yes. So when you're bringing in the language and it's not like, it's not beating you over the head, it's little things here and there. And I'm like, oh shit, by the end of the comic book, I'm able to say three words in Ethiopian. I'm telling you, <laughs> exactly. Oh my God, you like you just spoke my heart because this is what comics did for me. Right? When I came to the States, just I, I came at, at an age, like age 14 is like when you transition from middle school to high school. Mm -hmm. It's like you're already like, really immersed in your home culture and now you're supposed to learn this whole new culture and so it was like this big clash and i read like me reading comics about spider-man eating pizza spider-man eating it like i'm telling you you think <laughs> these things are like so like uh you know in the story they're like extras but it taught me so much it taught me what a pizza is it mm. taught me what a hot dog is and it's not a real dog that you, you know but, <laughs> teaches you all these nuances, right? And it just helps you kind of understand people really well. And that's exactly what I wanted to do because, you know, Ethiopian stories are just human stories. African stories are human stories, right? I'm just another person at the, another side of the world. Me and you can totally relate, you know? So you just need to know my language. You, know, you just need to know my background. And I teach you that a little bit at a time, you know, not overwhelm you, but a little bit at a time just to spice up the story. Yeah. And, you know, it, to me, that's what really resonated because yeah. it wasn't beating me over the head with trying to get me to learn something that I couldn't yeah. relate to. Um, and the fact that the story was based here in the States and then went over and then goes over to the mystical yeah. side. Like you just you wrap everything all together. Yeah. Not like so you're not the you are the creator, but you're not the artist. You're the writer, right? The no, writer, yeah. creator. I'm the writer. So what I do, I, I write the story, I sketch it out. My, my sketches are definitely <laughs> way worse than the art you see on the page. And then I have Stanley Obinde. He's an artist based in Lagos, Nigeria. Phenomenal. 
I'm telling you, like he should be picked up type by Marvel type and DC. Type, <laughs> I don't know. In my in my perspective. No, keep him in the independency, man. <laughs> yes, yes. You know what? All power. <laughs> Uh, so I I, I I saw his work, found him online, and we like I, you know I pitched it to him, and he was like, you know what, I'll be down, and we started doing Jemba as I told you, and then when the way with the way Jemba took off, he was like, okay, uh, now we're gonna do more, right? And then so I was like, all right, let's keep doing. Now here we are. That's awesome. So he he did how we also. He did how we also. Correct. Wow, that's uh, amazing. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's uh, really cool. Two projects. Like I'm, I'm, I'm even concerned. Like I'm stretching him so thin because he has juggled multiple projects. Right. Um, you know that's why I have to like space out the way we publish things too. Okay. So right now you have two uh, under your catalog, two comics under your catalog, Jembe and Awi. Yeah. Um, is on what issue? Third issue. So we just released issue three, April of this year. Okay, and then Awi is going on issue two. Yep, this Kickstarter is for how we issue one and two. One is published, so this is issue two. The right. book is done. We, we usually always go to Kickstarter only to do the printing cost of the book and just ship it right after the Kickstarter is done. Awesome. So the Kickstarter is live now. I think you have about 10 more days. Yeah, 10 more days. Uh, you met your goal and then some. <laughs> God is good. That's which right. is awesome, which is absolutely awesome. Because in this day and age, I mean, Kickstarter, Indiegogo, they're quite competitive. And I think this is your third Kickstarter and they've all met their goal. Yeah, and, and I was especially kind of scared because of COVID. I mean, yeah. this is like budget crunch downtime, you know what I'm saying? And so to see this response, this is our most funded campaign. Like That's awesome. Out of, out of all the ones that I ran. Like, that talk about the power of community and people coming through in this kind of time you know what i'm saying yeah. so i'm really grateful you know we, we funded on day one and it's just been a ride of unlocking specials that's insane all right well you guys are going to be listening to this yeah. um even though it is funny you need to go out there and support this guy because Thank he's you. doing something really fantastic and the art who did the cover of the the current one of howie the cover howie one or two the two the, the one where she's like it almost looks like Art Drum. I know it's not yeah. Art Drum, but it's a similar style. So her name is Rita Fey. It's on the Kickstarter too. Okay. Rita Fey. Man, you gotta look her up. Dude, it's it's beautiful, man. Phenomenal. I can't wait to frame that. I can't wait. It's just like every time I look at that poster, I'm just so proud of that work. Uh, yeah. Oh, you know what? Is that the one? No, this is not the one here. No, that's the that's issue one. You want to shoot? Ah, uh, issue two. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can put it up later on so that everybody can see it as well because that that's a, I mean I love it. Man, she she is amazing. She she does different types of art, fantasy art. Mm -hmm. You gotta follow her. We okay. I'm gonna do that. And then I also see that you have uh, a throwback to Sensation Comics number one. Oh yeah, man! What that idea? I know you like doing these things. By the way, I've seen them in your. Program. I did the same one. Yeah. Oh, I, you did. Yes. No, you did the Superman one. Uh, no, so I did the uh, Infinite Crisis was one of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. But for issue four of Red Hyena, no, not issue four, Project Shadowbreed. Yeah. It's the it's the introduction of Red Hyena, which is the female character. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I this uh, Sensation Comics number one. Man, I love that. So I met uh, this guy named Elliot Elliot Dixon, another okay. phenomenal artist. And we started talking about, he did, so first let me, let me tell you how I met him. I met him because I started doing this Jemba 
fan art competition. After mm. the December Kickstarter funded, I was like, hey, you know what? Let's do a fan art competition. We'll give some prizes away. And when he did his, when he submitted his piece, he did it like he did an homage of Superman's issue action one action comics cover. And I saw that and I was like, nice. Amazing. This is amazing. And so I was like, all right, I got to talk to this guy. And then I, I, we talked and he was like, hey, can you do something like that for How We Too? And like, you can choose the cover. What do you think? We can bounce ideas. So he bounced the idea of um, Sensation Comics number one, Wonder Woman. And then we like said, let's take it even further because, you know, at that time, like Wonder Woman was kicking na- Nazi's ass. You know, like it was, she was like, it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the story. And I was like, why not do our own version, right? Why not how we kick some racists? And, you know, why not we represent and leave something that, you know, that shows the time we're living in, in this cover. And I'm going to make this cover the only variant cover. Like no other variant for how we will be ever printed. This nice. is the only one. And I want to make it special. I want it to last. And he was like, I love this. Let's do this. You know, I, I'm just so thankful that he's part of this project. Um, and so he did it. And you have this cover of how we just kind of like, you know, coming at like three different characters. I just yeah no the color scheme the titles all that it's it's a representation of of that particular issue and i i mean i did the same exact thing when i looked at it i said oh no it looked it looked beautiful man it did a great job on that i'm so proud of i'm so proud of elliot's work i'm i'm blessed to have worked with like these phenomenal artists man like as a writer i'm sure you know like working with amazing artists is a blessing yeah yeah for sure and you know it's it's and this day and age i mean we look at you have the mainstream and then you have independent and independent allows us freedom to really do anything that we want but at the same time we find more people less reliable uh, in the scene and it's really hard and once you find somebody and you find that click of of people that you know are really doing this because they have a passion for it but at the same time a commitment uh they're responsible and they can get work done on time do you hold on to them forever Oh yeah, oh yeah, and, and you know, for indie especially, everybody's like double work. Like they have regular life. Yeah. Comics, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Find that it's just something you can't just easily let go. You know? No, not at all. And as as a publisher, you know, when we opened up, you know, our catalog to invite more creators on. One of the things that we stipulated was if someone's going to do, you know, a six issue miniseries, they have to have three issues done, if not all six in the bank, because, you know, timing is everything. There's so much content out there uh, for people to choose from. Why are they going to stick to something that's not consistent? Consistency is very key. And it's like, especially when we're going to this like binge culture mode, you know, and people as independents, we... I mean, we would love to publish graphic novels like that, but that's just, it's too expensive. It takes time. And so when we do single issues, we have to at least give them the experience of consistency with that. So it means a lot to have good artists and, you know, build good relationships and not just like, hey, you just done one issue, get out of here now. Yeah. Well, and you know what? You burn enough bridges, you burn enough people, they're not going to, you know, go on to the next independent person who has something really great. All right. So you have two right now. Are are they going to be both ongoing or are they like closed stories, six issues, 12 issues? So my, to be honest with you, I would rather have them to be closed because, I mean, 
I like ongoing theories after some point have damaged the industry. This is my perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like when you do reboots and reboots and reboots, it kind of dilutes the character. However, uh, I've noticed like even like with stories like Avatar the Last Airbender or or different kind of, you know, Avatar 1 like ended, right? And then they reinvented that Avatar series into a whole new thing with Avatar Korra and brought that to life, right? Mm-hmm. If it's something like that, I'll be open to exploring the continuation of the series, but I would rather have it be this one satisfying experience you would hold on to. and you know you publish on with different different characters under the same publishing company if because there's so much story to tell right these are the kind of the spark you know these are the spark i want to ignite in my community to come out and hey we have somebody who's doing it look at that you can do it too come out put out more indie because we're the future of the industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I absolutely agree and I agree with that 100%. I think people's attention span is, is not there for, you know, monthly ongoing series. You know, the mainstream stuff is the mainstream stuff, but when it comes to independence, it's really hard um to be consistent that way. Um obviously you have Image Comics, but even Image Comics, you know, being the biggest independent publisher out there, publishes a lot of, you know, short runs. Yeah. four issues six issues and then they're done yeah. which is great because it's such a satisfying you know you're done you can move on to the next thing um and it doesn't mean that the the story's done forever i mean those characters can come back in someone else's story that allows you to create a universe down the road but it allows you to bring in all these little mini stories to create this one big world or yeah. universe that you want to create so yeah it's really small like even when i write and i'm i'm doing something new if i think it's going to be an ongoing there there always has to be an end I know yeah. there's an end in sight. I know how my character is going to, you know, resolve their issue. Yeah. I know what's going to happen at the end, even if yeah. it takes you 300 gotta, issues. You got to you got to give the audience a break because that way it'll be even more sweeter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we'll give them a good gap and say, "Hey, there's the closure in this story in this arc you wanted," right? And then you give them a gap of diverse characters and then you can bring them back with a newer perspective. Yeah. Like, oh shit, I love this. Yeah. especially if it's something that was really successful and they like it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's good. All right, so then what's next for you? So you got this Kickstarter. It is funded, but you still got 10 more days. We're going to get you at least five more thousand dollars. Yeah. $10,000 uh on there. But what's next for you? What what's the overall goal for you actually? Okay. So the overall goal, I'll be honest, for me is long term. So first, right now, short term wise, I really want to focus on Jember and how right because you know as indie creator we're not short of ideas right Absolutely. we can come up with new stories like that right but that is a quick the quickest way to kill your career your, your publishing company because you just get spread so thin um so my hope and my goal right now in the short term is to give Jember and Howie an at a minimum one full arc mm-hmm. complete like graphic novel before starting anything new. Okay. In the long term, my goal is as I told you is in addition to like empowering readers, right? And the, this this representational characters providing those stories, I really want to empower black and african creators, especially creators from my home country Ethiopia because they just don't have this avenue for mm. our content. They don't. They're so talented. I'm telling you like the artists 
the writers, they're so talented, but they just don't have this platform. Somebody to can, who can expose them to the world and give them income for it. Right. And so I really want us to kind of carve a space with them in this industry. Awesome. Um, and I don't know if you follow like on Instagram or Twitter or whatnot, but like I, I really think hard about kind of because if, let me kind of step back a little bit. Ethiopian art, Ethiopian art has its own history, mm-hmm. right? And there's so many comic book-ish type mediums that have been explored in Ethiopian art in the past. Mm. And I would like to really introduce a new kind of medium for Ethiopian comics and graphic novels. Just like how manga was introduced to us by Japanese, I would like to introduce a similar thing for, from that comes out from Ethiopian or East African kind of creatives. Wow. Because there's just such a great history there yep. and such beautiful, beautiful storytelling and art methods that I think the world should see. You see what I mean? Yeah, no. That and, sounds awesome. Yeah, and, and, and I'm telling you, like that my end goal, my end goal is that is, is just to, to carve this space, just like how you would say, you know what, I want to pick up a, a shonen jump or I want to pick up, uh, a, you know, like a different a Korean manual, you know, you know, just like that. I want I want people to start saying, I want to pick up Ethiopian sensils or, you know what I'm saying? I want to carve that space and empower both readers and creators. That's really my big end goal. That's, that's a hefty goal. Dude, I'm going to watch that space. Well, if anybody can do it, I, I definitely believe that you can because, you know, having conversations with you and sitting, you know, with you, you have these, you know, really huge ideas, but at the same time, you're grounded. You're grounded with it. has to. There has to be a process to get to there uh, because everything costs money, obviously. Oh, uh, and it's going to be a long, expensive journey, but I think you do it rationally and you know being successful with the kickstarter is is one aspect of it and i think the more that you keep growing your audience i think that bridge that you're trying to develop um yeah. it's going to happen it's going to yeah. happen i mean you you said it you said it right i think as for any indie creator right you have to be smart with the way you grow your business like i yes i have these grand ideas but i know these things take time you know and i know that i can't do it alone like you can't just create a community of indie creators alone right and so i know i have to but i also at the same time know i have to do my job now if we ever want to get to that space if i ever want to pass the torch to somebody and have them do what they need to do with it i need to survive i need to be smart about how I'm developing my characters, my stories, how I'm publishing, how I'm, you know, keeping fans engaged. The just the whole business model has to be smart, and you have to exist with what's available right now. And mm. what's available right now is Jemba and Howie. You know, so you're right. That's good. No, yeah. All right. So then, one one more question. So we're looking at you know really trying to expand and get your book into as many hands as possible have you thought about distribution because your distribution right now is is yourself right yeah you're, you're doing these kickstarters and then you're packing up everything licking yeah. a lot of envelopes probably going to die from glue poisoning <laughs> um but is there are is there a thought about you know distribution obviously we still have just one distributor here in the u.s that yeah. distributes all of all content um has there been any thought about trying to get into the stores as well 
so it's funny you say that because when uh, 2020, when I was doing planning for 2020, that was one of my biggest goals, right? I was like, you know what? This is the year that I'm going to try to aggressively pursue shops and see who's willing to take it. Um, and then the other thing was what I was concerned about was, you know, I've heard many times from different creators that shops really like to order when you, when they order issue one, they want you to be ready with your issue two, three, and four to be like that. And I only had like issue two at the end of the beginning of the year with issue three coming for Jembeth, right? And so I was thinking, okay, Jembeth can probably fit that role. Uh, but anyway, COVID changed everything, kind of put shops at the brink of, you know, like collapse. Yeah. Um, so there's been this whole now, this whole shift about the business on focusing online for distribution models. And people, like, like I, I had to like pause and re-strategize what I should do with shops. I still haven't figured it out. Yeah. Um, I would definitely love to, you know, obviously distribute it in shops and whatnot. But now what I'm thinking more of is maybe it's better to, to distribute into shops when I have like the graphic novel versions because Right now, nobody's gonna go into the shops and like demand my books like that. You know, we're just not in, in, the, in this COVID era. That's not gonna be like that. So, like, that's where I'm strategizing. I'm thinking like, okay, Jember at least has issue three. Right. My plan is to make it uh, a graphic novel or finish the first arc in the next issue, like issue four. Make issue four a little bit longer so that it kind of wraps it up. And then when I, once I have that graphic novel then at least I can pitch it to shops and by then hopefully we'll be out of this COVID kind of, you know, we'll be a little bit limping out of COVID yeah. to, for the shops to be interested to say, you know what, I do want to fit that graphic novel. And I heard graphic novels do really well. Yeah, they're actually doing a lot. They're doing a lot better than they have. I mean, it, it's definitely because of the pandemic, people aren't able to do a lot of things. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm at a shop a couple times a week, so I, I kind of have like the the heartbeat of where we're at and the shop yeah. that I'm at has been there for over 30 years. Um, and they're fantastic. And, you know, during the whole pandemic, we were still open, even though we couldn't let anybody into the store, we were doing curbside. And then all of a sudden, you know, we had almost no online presence when it came to, you know, distributing books and stuff yeah. like that. And so we had to step back and really reconsider, you know, selling books online or well, making books available online so that they can pick it up curbside or pick it up uh, at the store. And uh, they've been able to survive and and even prosper from this because Good. what what I've discovered in this pandemic is that because people aren't able to you know go on their you know two thousand three thousand seven thousand dollar you know yearly trip they have some people have expendable income mm. you know you have a big part of the country that yeah they lost their job they're collecting you know they're trying to make ends meet but then you have another part of the country who's you know doing all right because they're working from home but they have expendable income and i've seen more traffic into the stores as of late than wow. i did right before the pandemic so if anything if, if i'm going to say anything good that came out of this was was that uh, because right now i i it was only amazon and, and walmart and these big stores that were really benefiting because so many small businesses were being yeah. hurt um, and we've been fortunate enough to have people that, you know, didn't want the store to go anywhere and supported us through that initial first couple of months. And then now that, you know, things are starting to get back to normal, 
where stuff is starting to open up, um, there's, you're still not able to travel like you want to travel. Um, so this is probably the best time to, to shop around for those because they're looking for, for things to come in. And right now, Diamond distributors are the only ones that actually distribute to all stores. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so pitching to them might be a good idea, but you're, you're right. I mean, you don't have a complete arc yet. And I think once you get to that point, and, and then you're ready to you know to distribute that way then i think that's a really great way to you know and we can always talk off on offline because oh, i can give you a list of all the stores that i have that yeah, you know we work with great information like i would not have known this if you hadn't mentioned it i didn't even think of that that that's actually very insightful there is a lot of there has to be some portion of people that have that you know uh ready to spend money yes Yes, yes. And so there, you know, there's opportunities to, you know, doing stuff like Kickstarter right now is probably one of the best times because of that. Um, Maybe people are, that's why. <laughs> no, well, you know what, honestly, and I'm not trying to blow smoke up your rear end, but you have something that's really special, I think. And, you know, I read it and I was just like, I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. And, you know, I was like, I, I don't know if I'm going to actually be able to um, gravitate towards it or, or really understand it or grasp it. But it spoke to me just like I'm just me. And on top of that, not only is she Ethiopian, it, it's a female character. Yeah. It was it was a fact that I was relating to what she was going through, which which got me. Um, which was really gay. And then there's the element of, you know, the the superhero aspect of it. So there's so many different angles where people can actually see it. I actually read the book a couple of times because I found something different um each time. So uh, what I'm gonna do is, you know, I supported you there. I'm not going to read any more until that, until that first arc is done because I, I'm, a, I'm a completionist. Yeah, yeah. And if I have to wait a little bit longer for, for the, I'll go crazy. Yeah, I got you. I got you. That makes sense to me. And I think, I, I, as I told you, like my, I think that in this, in the future, what I'm considering doing is probably go like a graphic novel route. Like when, if, if we like fund like this, I think that it would be best, like in the next Halloween, for example, I would love to just drop the graphic novel. Yeah. You know, like just drop, because we have the first two issues already done. Mm -hmm. If I just power through and make the next like two issues or three issues and combine it, then man, that's golden. Yeah, that, I think so. This is your window. I think you yeah. have until December or January of 2021 at your window. Yeah, I got, I got, I got a lot to think about. After this. <laughs> well, and we have full time jobs, so yeah. we got to do. All right, so one last thing. So uh, it's always great catching up with you, but we got to do this more often. And when the next one comes out, definitely. Um, but all right, so what advice would you give to anybody who's actually thinking about starting their creation or start, or, you know, want to get into to becoming an independent creator? Okay. Well, I think that. The, the, the most helpful ones is one, allow yourself to be a beginner. Uh, I know that when I first started out, I was like, I, I loved, because I love reading so many comics, I thought that when I wrote something, I needed to be that level of quality. And I'm, I'm just, I'm not that, like, you know, like you have to have this ex acceptance that you have to grow into mm -hmm. that. You know, you can't just start off being amazing just because you read a lot of comics. It, writing and reading is different, okay? So allow yourself to be a beginner. Put out work, 
Don't be like a perfectionist without work. That's one. And then the other thing is you have to know this is a business as much as it is your passion to tell and do creative things, right? You have to understand the business of comics, right? If you're the writer, you have to understand that you have to pay your artists <laughs> and you have to pay your letterer and you have to understand, you know, what Kickstarter is. You have to take advantage of these platforms. And then the last piece is always find community. Indie mm. Comics is a very supportive, tight-knit group and they, they're happy to support you. Like podcasts like yours, amazing. I'm telling you, these things help you, motivate you, keep you connected, keep you feeling like, okay, I can make it to the next milestone. I can make it to the next milestone. So these are my three advices. Allow yourself to be a beginner, know about the business, find community. Awesome. Love it, bro. Listen, it's been a blast as always. Uh, amazing, amazing work. I cannot wait till to get my hand on the second issue. I will not read it until the complete arc is done, though. Uh, but I will admire the arc because I know it's fantastic. So, guys, listen, um, if you liked what you saw, just please subscribe to us. Um, the Kickstarter information will be a link. Um, the book is called Always Issue Number Two. He has a bunch of tiers on there uh, so that you can get the first issue as well. Uh, Besserite is, is, is really accomplished. He's doing some really great stuff. So I implore you, check out the link. Um, and don't forget to subscribe to us as well. Make sure you visit us at www.amazingactioncomics.com for our catalog of comics and other goodies that you'll be, on, uh, be able to find on there as well. Um, and always remember, be amazing, stay amazing, and read something amazing.